Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Spawncast, episode four. It's uh, Saturday night, so I thought you guys would enjoy having a little conversation with a couple other people. Now, you know, of course, Philip and uh, OJ from Player Essence, but I thought we'd go around here. Um, Philip, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. How's everyone else doing? <laughs> Good. Um, I just played on that stream and like blew up my headphones. <laughs> uh, OJ, how are you doing, man? I, I've actually have not had you on anything before. So this is the first time I'm actually talking to you in, in uh, not really person, but as close to person as you can get when either of us live on each side of the United States. So Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I was actually really happy that you reached out because a lot of my uh, users were, were saying, hey, you should do something with uh, SpawnWave. You should do something with SpawnWave. Like over and over, I'm like, okay, like yeah, we will at some point. I'm pretty sure something <laughs> will come up. So it always does. So yeah, I'm really oh, happy. Yeah, to, yeah I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Very good. Evan, how, how are you doing, man? Ah, doing all right. Just real freaking tired. Actually, tired. I <laughs> work on a bunch of stuff for some gallery showing things. Just took a little bit. Of oh time. yeah, you got. Do you have any conventions coming up soon? Uh, small ones. Nothing major. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you hitting the uh, the New Jersey Comic Con? Uh, probably not. I don't oh, think okay. So. Okay, because I think that's at, actually in like a week or something, wasn't it? Or was it this past? I think it's next weekend. Um. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. So a lot of stuff has been really. I mean, really happening in the in the video game world recently. Uh, we had the big Call of Duty two World War two leak, I guess you'd say. But there was some Switch stuff too that came out. Now, I did have to. I do have to ask OJ. Did you get a copy of Mario Kart eight sent your way? Uh, no, I I haven't. I had a Nintendo rep that I worked mm -hmm. with, and she was always really good mm -hmm. at getting mm -hmm. new stuff. And then she left the company. Oh, and that doesn't I help. Got, yeah, that doesn't help. And then I got redirected to someone else, and he is like super flaky. He like never emails me back and all that. So I haven't got a copy yet, but I'm working on. I'm trying to work on maybe getting another one, uh, getting a different rep, or just seeing what I can do. <laughs> yeah, because they they it seemed like they sent it to like everybody on YouTube. Um, but yeah. I I didn't get one. But <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Don't worry. I wasn't expecting. Well, it. they sent one to the um like the big YouTubers got uh -huh. and like websites got the physical copies. And oh. then and then they kind of did it in waves. And then like the second tier or what they consider second tier, you know, mm -hmm. Nintendo YouTubers, all that, they got digital download copies. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think they got physical copies. They got digital download ones. So um, that's what I think. I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, I talked to uh, I talked to uh, Game Over Jesse and he got a he got a digital copy, you're right. Okay, so okay, so that's that that's what they did there. Now that's what they do for some of the games. Now, sometimes they switch it up, sometimes they'll just give everyone physical copies. Yeah. Um, like Tokyo Mirage sessions, they're just like screw it. Everyone gets a physical copy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I need to spend so. I need to spend more time emailing people. I, I never email people. <laughs> you just gotta be persistent. You gotta be a little be a little persistent. And if you find a good rep that will, that will like take care of you, then then you'll be you'll be set. Like I was pretty much set for the last like two years of the Wii U. Um, but mm -hmm. if you don't have someone that's good that's helping you out, then you're not gonna get anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I've I've openly mocked Nintendo at times, so I, I really don't expect much, uh, to be honest. Now there were switches, of course, sent out at one point. I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, but it seemed like a lot of the channels that did get them don't really talk too much about their YouTube policies at all, even good or bad. So I understand why I, I wouldn't get. It. I mean, Evan Evan made a whole slide so I could do some parody about it <laughs> on like the second video I made. So yeah, yeah, you definitely you definitely need to be careful with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind going out and buying the game. It really doesn't bother me. It's just. It's yeah. a little funny. But yeah, uh, it's like a coin flip. Like if I get it, I'm like, great. If I don't, oh well, I'll go buy. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine buying it. I, I really have no problem going to get all. I, I'm trying to make my Switch collection pretty nice, like all physical stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm more on the physical train than anything else. But um, I, wait, Philip, are you buying all physical too, or are you mostly digital? Um, so far, I've been mostly digital. Okay, I, that's what I thought. I, I was trying to remember. I thought you said you were mostly digital. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a lot more convenient for me, especially because I like to always travel with all my games and I'm always traveling, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense. I, I understand the digital aspect. I, I just, I, I really like that it's on cartridges. It, it's really appealing mm -hmm. to me to, to oh, buy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I, mean, yeah. I, I agree too. Like even like with, with Poken and uh, that was a digital copy that they got me, but I still went out and bought the game. <laughs> so this yes. is like, I wanted the physical, I just want the physical disc. So I'm, I'm kind of like that too. Absolutely. So, um, but we had a we had a bunch of stuff that kind of happened over the week. Like I was saying, we had this interesting report. So the NES Classic was discontinued. Now we have not had a podcast since that happened. And did anyone else? Did any of you guys manage to get an NES Classic? I I could have got one multiple times. I just I don't I don't want one. I want a super like a Super Nintendo Classic like that. Yes. Yes. Like, I will because that's my favorite system of all time. Yeah, the Super Nintendo is a great system. It, it is. Yeah. I like it a lot. That and the PS1, or I guess I could say the PS2 because it played PS1 game, were like right up there for me. Um, mm. Just the, the amount of RPGs on that PS2 and PS1 PS were amazing. Super Nintendo and PS2 are my yeah. two favorites. Yes. <laughs> Super Nintendo had, had, a, had a good place in my heart. I think I think most gamers can say that if you're above the age of, I want to say, like 23, maybe 21, something like that. Um, but uh, Evan, you never got one, did you? I assume you didn't. because you What, the classic? Me. Nah, yeah. Yeah. never yeah. actually got around to picking it up. What about, uh, Philip? what about you? Did you end up getting one? No, unfortunately not. I had a, an opportunity to get one, like, a couple months ago, but I mm -hmm. just unfortunately didn't, like, take on that because it was coming from a third-party seller and I didn't really want to support it. It was a little overpriced, so I figured whatever. They'll, they'll make more, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Discontinued. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last shipment is coming in um, this I think Best Buy will have some this Monday, so yeah. we want one. Yeah, I had to burn money to make a point on that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I, was uh, I was, I got fortunate, I, I did get one, I paid $100 on Craigslist for it at the time when it was going for like 200 online, um, I was very fortunate the guy on Craigslist had, had uh, watched my channel and reached out to me and they were happened to be near me, um, but they had a post on Craigslist, which was, which was really nice of them to take it down and sell it to me at a, what I think a fair price of $100, and Overall, I've played it a couple times, but I, I understand it's really not. I don't think it's worth three hundred dollars at all <laughs> for the, for the, the thirty games that are on there because you can easily emulate the games, obviously. But I think it really shocked a lot of people when Nintendo discontinued the system. Um, and I tried to come up with reasons why, whether it's it was like a big advertising, uh, uh, kind of an advertising ploy to get the Switch out there in people's minds, the Nintendo brand, but. I don't know. It, it really set people off. I don't know if uh, if you guys saw this online, but man, people were so mad about the NES Classic being discontinued. Oh yeah, people were triggered. Like it, it was, it was. People got real mad. I, I personally like these are old games. They're like in a little box. It's like it's pure nostalgic value, obviously, right? It's like mm -hmm. you, you've played these games a million times over. You yep. can play them if you want. For I mean, it, it's just that. So I mean, I, I try to not get upset about stuff like that <laughs> type of things because yeah. it's like they're old games. They're like twenty plus years old. You know, even if I don't get a Super Nintendo Classic, I'm not gonna go all crazy or anything. If I don't get one, I don't get one. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would. I, I actually want the Super Nintendo Classic really badly. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. I mean, I really want one. Trust me. I'm, I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be there ready, like when it. You know, if I can get it. But if I don't get one, it's like whatever. You know. Yeah. That's so the now one I'm holding out for more. Like yes. the Super Nintendo Classic is because I'm right in that age range too. Like that was my one of my first consoles, if not the first console. And it's the RPG King, right? So I Here, mean they actually have a really cool um a really cool opportunity here to bring over maybe an RPG that never came out 
in like America, like a secret. I don't think they're going to do it because Secret of Mana, of course, two is probably going to be coming to the Switch if enough people beg them for it at this point, like I've been. Um, but uh, I think they have some. There's like Bahamut Lagoon. I mean, there's uh, Emerald uh, Dragon. There's a lot of games a lot of people did not know about that only came out in Japan. They could bring in like Mega Man and Base or or Rockman and Fort if you want to call them that, and put it on there in English. So there's a lot of cool things that they can do with this Super Nintendo Mini if if it's one if it's true because we're still going off of Eurogamer's report about it. I mean, we're still waiting for Pokemon Stars, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. who knows how far out in advance this, this Super Nintendo Mini is. Uh, we, we like to assume it's coming out Christmas time in November around when the Nintendo Classic came out last year. But I think at this point, it's all speculation. Let me ask you guys, what, what game, what, what's the big game other than, let's say, other than Mario and Zelda, for example, what's the game you would like to see on there that would really make you go, yeah, I'm going to go spend what I assume is going to be $100. I don't think it's going to be 60 because no. I think they know they undersold that NES Classic after seeing what people were buying it for. Let's say it's 100 when it comes out. What game other than like Mario World, Zelda, and Metroid would you want on there that would make you buy it? Uh, go ahead, Phil. You can go first. Oh man, I don't know. I've I've got some like offbeat games that I grew up playing with on the Super Nintendo. Sure, I mean, yeah, seriously, you could say Uniracers, and I'd be like, all right, that was a fun game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uniracers. I think one of them, man. These are all Funko Land games I remember playing. You could say any of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it was that system had some really out there games, but like I remember, like I mean, I guess one of them that's not too out there is uh like uh TMNT Turtles in Time yes. or whatever. Like that game, I beat that one a thousand times, and I know it like the back of my hand, so I could definitely made friends over that game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and like I don't know, that would be so cool. Plus, um, something I'm not even a big sports fan, but I used to play. I think it was NCAA like '92 or '93, Mm -hmm. like all the time with my sister, and that was like an old school basketball game that was just phenomenal on the SNES. So Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what else. Oh man. Yeah, and there's, there's a sure. lot. I mean, everyone's going to say, you know, bring Earthbound, and that's fine. But, oh, of um, course, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but uh, OJ, what about you, man? What, what would you want over um, on the Super Nintendo? To, to be honest, I mean, it would just be p- for pure nostalgic value. That's really the only reason why I would buy it. Um, mm-hmm. Not because I want to sit there and play the games, like, over and over, you know? Sure, um, sure. But what I'd like to see on it is stuff like, you know, NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, things like that would be cool. Um, I think, like... Of course, Chrono Triggers, you know, Secret of Mad. Like the, you know, the, the standard type of stuff I would like to see on there. Maybe, um, I don't know if there's one out there game on there, but um, just all the standard stuff. I know, like you said, Earthbound. So, yeah, I just like to see some cool RPGs, see some of the classics like NBA Jam. Like, that's one game that I really want on there because I think playing NBA Jam on the Super Nintendo was just something that was really special, especially back oh, yeah. then. Oh, the announcer made that whole game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing like it, too. Like, when you, I remember when I first saw the game, too, I wasn't expecting that. I never saw it, like, on magazines or anything. Like, we just saw NBA Jam. We saw an NBA game. I was a big basketball fan when I was a kid. And I just saw that. I was like, I thought it was a standard basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know you flew up into the air and did all that. So when I first played, like, I fell in love. So that was just, like, a surprise to me. So I would like to see that. Probably that would be, like, the biggest game. Ooh, Living Regiment says Mario RPG. That's a good one, too. I, I would oh, I would yeah. like to see Mario RPG in there. But um, I've, I've beaten that game, like, seriously, like, a million times. <laughs> it, do, it never gets old. It never does. It, it never does. <laughs> Let me let me bring let me bring Evan in here. He's been kind of quiet. Evan, what what game would you want on this Super? I Nintendo? mean, with what we used to do in the old store, you you obviously know the ones: Tales of Fantasia. Yes, I know you want Tales the Violinist of Hamlin. The just I want the games that we never actually got because they were yeah. just interesting. The concept of the side scroller RPG on a Super Nintendo it was just really fun. 
Yeah, <laughs> let's let's destroy the the entire retro game market and just put like put something like Hagane on there, the, the three hundred dollar game, just just ruin yeah, its really. value. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? it? Was like Lord of Dragons, the 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 test that they put out for the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons side scroller beat 'em up game, like that we oh, saw once yeah. before. Oh, what was that? I'm trying to remember what that was called. I, that was the one where that um. So we, you got OJ. You may not know Evan and I worked at like a, a retro game store for a long time. So we had like all these all these crazy things happen. So a guy kind of wanders in, like almost like like drunkishly, kind of like he's drunk, and he brings us. What did he bring us, Evan? He brought us King of Dragons. King of Dragons. That's what it was. King of Dragons and something else. I think it was Mario RPG. Um, and, uh, we looked up King of Dragons. It's like a $90 game and he wanted like $5 for it. <laughs> so, and even, like, like, All right. <laughs> but Evan didn't even have a chance to offer him money. He puts it down and is, and I, if, if I remember Evan, you were like, I just need $5 for this or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was looking for smoke money off of yes, it. it was, yeah. He's was looking for cigarette money. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah. So we, we get We have a lot of stories with that. That's why when, um, that story about roaches in the PS4 came out, uh, I didn't talk to you, Evan, about that, but I put a, a video up about that, and <laughs> we have some serious horror stories about roaches and game consoles getting repaired. <laughs> but that was uh, that was uh, at PS4. Is I mean, we had that one, Evan, but for the most part, it was other systems that had roaches in them, from what I remember. Yeah, but those systems have to work their way down to the people local to us that had roaches. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, because the PS4 that did have roaches, that was uh, the family that took it over to the other guy's house. That was the problem. No, that was the um, that was the Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Remember, because we found the whole hive of them in there, and we had to like run outside with it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that sounds horrible. It was bad. Being yes. a repair person is is not fun. People seem to think it's fun. It's not fun. It's, it's always fun. brutal. Why, why would Everything. anyone think that would be fun? <laughs> like, well, the thing is, this this roach. It's interesting. This roach story came out on Kotaku, and Evan and I have known about roaches being in consoles and and laptops and and anything you think of. The only thing they don't really get into are tablets, probably because they're too small. Um, but no, they'll we, still get in there. Yeah, if, if the yeah. ports are big enough, they'll get in yeah. there. Anything warm. I've seen them in 3DSs. I have seen them in a 3DS yeah. before. But for the most part, this has been going on forever, but Kotaku, for some reason, poaches, per, like puts up a story, posts a story, that's like, roaches love the PS4. Which is weird, because realistically, roaches love anything that's warm enough and can house them, where they can like basically breed inside of and live in, incubate in. And uh, we see it in, I mean, we've seen them as far back as PS2s. Um, having roaches in them, but for the most part, it's it was like 360s and PS3s would get them, but PS4s for some reason the power supply in the back would just attract them and they would essentially shock and kill themselves in the back. The roaches would, and it, it just it was bad. So <laughs> it's um it's not fun being a repair person when stuff like that comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I remember like my, my friend's Xbox 360 had a roach in it when we were trying to fix it too in college. So yeah, that was when I saw that title. I was like, just. Other kind of clickbaity, you know, type of story, <laughs> you know, like uh, this is something that's been known, you know, for a while now at this point. So, is that a problem that's like per- particular with just um, game consoles, or is, does it actually happen in um, VCRs or anything electronic, anything that gets warm? Yeah, the laptops were really bad. Yeah, well, okay. laptops were really bad too. I remember there was a laptop that came in, and see where we were, we were in for a while, we were in Delaware, then we moved the store to Maryland. In Delaware, though, we were close enough to uh, a, a town or a city, a town, I guess called town, Wilmington, and they had kind of like Section 8 housing, kind of, where it was not the, it was very, there were very uh, poor people there, essentially. And they kind of lived in conditions that would attract roaches, I guess. So one time someone dropped off a laptop, and I remember one of the coworkers pointed out that it, it probably had roaches because you can smell them. 
very easily. So I take it out back, pop the palm rest out, the part where you rest your palms and type on the keyboard, for example. Probably 20 of them in there just alive and running. That's disgusting. Yes, right where you rest <laughs> your palm. Yeah, so I'm not trying to gross people out in the chat because there's a lot of gross in the chat right now. <laughs> but just know that it's not always uh, uh, roses and unicorns when you repair stuff. <laughs> so... Uh, if you do want to get an electronic stuff, just be ready to fight off some bugs occasionally. Sometimes they'll be a dead plastic spider. bags. Yes, yes, plastic bags, trash bags especially. <laughs> um, but uh, getting from there, now I, I asked a lot of you guys on the subreddit, what would you like us to talk about on the podcast while we were on here? And most of them really posted that they wanted us to talk about the Switch Mini and how apparently a Switch Mini is coming out, mostly because one analyst said so. Now, I did a video on this. Um, just trying to figure out their point of view and how they, they thought this would come to the market and why. And I don't think the analysts understood that their time, their time slot was correct, I think, in 2019. Um, I don't think they know why, but uh, the X2 will probably be at a consumer level at that time. But the big thing is they, they seem to be going in the opposite direction most of us probably would have with a refresh where we would think that they would try to make something like, let's say, a Switch XL, right? They're thinking more about kind of doubling down and make it like a Switch Mini for younger kids. Um, what do you guys think about this whole Switch Mini situation? Evan, you can go ahead and go first. What do you think? I mean, in terms of consoles, I imagine, especially since this one's a handheld, they might go for a Mini, but I'm thinking along the lines of it might be a little different than a Switch itself. Like, it might almost be a handheld-only version of yes. itself, like a carry-only version. So, I mean, if they're going to go that route, I could see it. It would probably be cheaper and integration-wise, we could see interesting things like using the Switch Mini as a controller for like a full-blown Switch as well. Like what we were looking at prior when people were using, uh, I guess it was the 3DS and the Wii U, some of the games interacted, where you could actually see them mm -hmm. different, mm -hmm. like on the different screens. And that could be kind of interesting, especially with how it's trying to become a more communal thing since you can move it so easily between places. So that could be cool. Okay. Yeah, I... Um... I guess I'll just jump in, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, I see the Switch Mini like as a definite possibility. I, I think it's a smart direction to go um, first before they go in an XL direction if they ever do. Um, but if they if they do end up doing a mini version, I think the only way it would really be um, or it could ever really work is if the Joy Cons themselves like they weren't detachable, kind of like well, I think Evan, is that what you were getting along to or going yeah, along? Yeah, it would just be a straight up mini it's system like a, almost yeah. right and then like you know almost a, a almost exactly along the lines of something like a gba like like screaming gba you know what i mean um but at the same time you could still dock it which i think would be really interesting and then also i don't know if you guys have done a lot of remote play with ps4 and stuff mm -hmm. you I could have, kind yep. of yeah you, yeah i remember like um when i first got my ps4 i didn't have a second controller for it but i had a vita so oh, yeah, um, yeah. I would play like Mortal Kombat with uh, my friend and he would be remote playing on the Vita and I'd be using the controller kicking his butt. So like, I think, that, <laughs> you know, it's totally a possibility. I think that's, you know, something like a genius idea. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. What do you, what do you think OJ? Yeah. That's what I would think if they were going to do um, like a, an, a switch mini, it'd be just like a handheld. It would be essentially like a PS Vita. That's what I would think it would be. It would sure. essentially just be like a PS Vita. But I would also agree with Evan and say that you'd be able to dock it too and just play on the TV. It'd probably be cheaper, maybe like a $199 type of deal or something because it's like less moving parts. Maybe you don't have all the, the Joy-Con stuff into there. That that will reduce the cost quite a bit right there, you know. Um, so yeah, that's what I would that's what I would think they would do. 
oh, they yeah. are going to do it. I mean, for the, especially for the Japanese market. I mean, that's I know some of the Japanese market. Obviously, Switch is doing well there, but like um, some people want a smaller one. <laughs> some people there yeah, want oh, yeah. maybe a oh, yeah. smaller one. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it is because the Switch is already pretty big. So, I mean, I don't know how much bigger they could make it, really. So. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty large. I mean, it's a 6.2-inch screen. So the, I think the biggest they would take it is probably a 7-inch screen. And really, is it worth remanufacturing the whole thing for, what, 0.8 inches of a screen? Mm-hmm. I don't think so personally, but the only reason I think they would do that is if instead of, for example, uh, I guess doubling down on the battery, they keep the battery the same and try to use the additional memory bus to push the resolution on your handheld screen to 1080p with the X2. That's the only reason I would really see them even going that route is if they know that they can push more power through it and make that a straight 1080p image, you know, on the handheld. Mm -hmm. Um, What's this? Super Metal Dave's in the chat. What's up, Super Metal Dave? Dave, Dave? how's it going, man? How's it going? He said, OJ is amazing with three videos a day. Nice. <laughs> dude, OJ, OJ's working, man. I'm telling you. He's, he's over there, man. I'm, I'm working, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, dude, you, like, news will break, man, if I can interject here. News will break, and dude, you are on that. Like, you are quick <laughs> to get that up, man. So I gotta, I gotta give you that, dude. Especially if it's, like, like switch stuff, obviously. Man, you, you, you get the info out there, so. <laughs> I, I try, man. I try. Thank you. I appreciate it, though. Like, like I said, there are times I'll watch your channel and be like, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. Like, I, I didn't know that. I'll only pick, like, one or two talking points, and you got, like, all the info already there. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. it. Definitely keep it up. Um, uh, so we're, oh, the Switch Mini. Right. That's what we're talking about, the Switch Mini. Um, and uh, so, no, I, I, I think their marketplace is there if they want to do that. But at the same time, my wife works as a preschool teacher, and she tells me that probably five or six kids have iPad Airs that they bring in, and they're five years old, and an iPad Air is what, like a nine-inch screen or something like that, 9.7-inch screen? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think the Switch is too big. I think there's just too much that can go wrong if you give it to a, a child. Like the Joy-Cons detaching, I think, is one of the biggest issues for maybe for a kid to deal with, for example. They can't make the Joy-Cons smaller. They would have to mold it like you guys have already alluded to to be like a Vita that's fine. As long as the price point makes sense, I think they could even take the dock out of it, much like they took the chargers out of the three new 3DS XLs, for example, mm-hmm. and make the price even cheaper. Maybe, you, maybe mm-hmm. you can get down to that weird 180 or 190 price that the 3DS XLs. That, that's what I was off. thinking that they would do, like if they were going to make like a, like a PS Vita switch type deal where it's like connected, I would think that they would take the dock out and just be like, okay, well, if you want the dock extra, you just buy the dock extra. Sure. Just drop the price. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Like I've used my do- I don't use my dock much. I will say that I use my dock to stream, and uh, that's about it. I usually play in handheld mode. To be completely honest, um, I'm the exact same way. It's just like pretty much ninety percent handheld mode for me. Because yeah. like yeah. I, I don't know, just that convenience factor. You know what I mean? Like being able to take that around with you, even just around your house, is amazing. So, but I, I imagine the Switch Mini only happening once they're ready to phase out the DS line, right? Like, because that would mm-hmm. essentially yep. almost become a, like their flagship handheld if the you Switch watch my video? their console. <laughs> no, Did you I watch didn't. my video? You're hitting, you're hitting all the points I made. So. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which video? Point. Yeah, you were right there with it, man. Um, oh, it was, uh, I think I did like, oh, it was this morning. It was this morning. Um, I'm saying you're hitting every point that I was making with the 3DS uh, having that marketplace right now for like maybe the kit. Like it can, it can obviously take a little more of a beating than the Switch because the screens aren't exposed. I think that's why they want the 3DS around right now is for the younger kids to buy and the adults mm-hmm. buy the Switch. Um, because the Switch obviously is a, is a more complex piece of machinery than the 3DS right now. But uh, I think, like you said, when they're ready to move away from the 3DS, maybe in 2019, because, I mean, games are still 
showing up for the 3DS, so they're not ready to write it off yet. I think you will see some kind of iteration of the Switch. What would be cool is if they come out with a Mini, and then they come out with an XL, something a little more powerful uh, for the power user. And, I mean, it's almost like how they released a 2DS and then a 3DS XL kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, as long as they don't get rid of its core function, which is the the dock, obviously, being able to be docked, not necessarily including it, but once you take away that function, it, it, it kind of defeats the, the whole Switch name. So I would assume it can still dock. Yeah. Yes. If, if, if they're going to call it the Switch, like so if this thing is called like Switch Mini or whatever, then yeah, it will have that switching down. If they call it something else, then maybe not. But if they're going to call it the Switch Mini or whatever switch the next in the switch line which i think that they would obviously since it's a popular brand right it's yes. uh, it's it's really popular people like the name it works and it's simple you know so yeah i don't, I don't think they mm-hmm. i think they'd keep that like like you're saying yes the switch is extremely popular right now especially in japan now we did get some interesting sales numbers these are of course from super data uh i know oj i know you you know all about this too um where they came out and said that it, it they believe estimate wise that it, it got to about 2.4 million in its first month well 28 days really um not really. Oh, oh, our Potter donated ten dollars, Evan, towards your switch. Yeah, <laughs> slowly getting it. <laughs> thank, thanks, our Potter. Man, he he does our timestamps actually. So thank you. Um, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> what was I talking? I'm sorry. I looked at the the donation in the chat. Um, anyway, uh, we're going we're going through the the sales numbers, and we we get to a point where Super Data says two point four million in its first twenty eight days in the marketplace, which is massive for the Switch. And Nintendo, of course, ramping up production, so that falls in line with it. But the biggest thing is. Um, in Japan, the Switch continues to sell allotments. So it sells like, like you saw this, OJ, right? 45,000, 41,000, 45,000. As they come mm-hmm. in, they just sell right out. Like mm-hmm. there's no like, there's no no Switches anywhere in Japan because it keeps selling through. The only mm-hmm. reason we can really talk about Japan is because Media Create seems to report numbers every single week. Not mm-hmm. just like, like I, MPD seems to report every month for us at this point. Um, every month for MPD. Yeah. So in Media Create, we at least know that. And it looks like, the, the Switch is now coming up to the point where the Wii U started to started to drop a little bit in Japan, but the Switch seems to be holding completely steady. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a trend that's going to continue because the, at this point, when I look at the Switch, it looks like the system that Japan uh, Japanese gamers desperately want, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. it it's a, I mean, I, there, there are so many pictures of people on the train in Japan with their Wii U. <laughs> and it's like, I, they desperately want that Switch. So I do think... It's uh, a, I honestly, at this point, I would not be surprised if the Switch, seriously, in a year and a half, passes the PS4 in Japan. Uh, really? That's that's a that's definitely a possibility because the the problem with PS4 and the Wii U and just stationary consoles in general is that it really doesn't fit the lifestyle for the Japanese consumers. It just it just doesn't work as well um, there. So yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely think that that's a possibility, especially with Splatoon two yes. coming out th- coming out this year. That's going to be really big in Japan. I mean, I mean, we saw what the um, just to go on the whole media create thing. We saw as far as the data goes, Nintendo somehow shipped a couple more before the week of the um, the global test fire, and the Switch sold seventy eight thousand yeah. in, in that for a global test fire in Japan. You know, oh, and then. Man. So, so they got a little bit more stuff because they knew Splatoon was going to be big there. So they, yeah. they actually shipped 30-something thousand more, you know, or sold 30-something thousand more than they would have. Um, so Splatoon 2, the launch, obviously, is going to be big. And then when we finally do get that Pokemon announcement, that's obviously yep. going to be um, Pokemon, Monster Hunter, Yokai Watch. Yeah. When those three comes out. If, those, if they can get those in that first year, then I would definitely say 100% it will pass up the PS4. If those three games come out in a year or year and a half's time, then yeah. Hey, we you, can throw, you can throw Dragon Quest uh, 11 in there if the Switch version comes out in the same year, too. 
Exactly, Dragon yeah. Quest Eleven. But uh, you know, I mainly talk about, um, I guess, exclusives for Nintendo. Um, yes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, if 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 they get those three games, then definitely one hundred percent. Then I would agree that it, it will pass a PS4 in Japan. But um, obviously, there's worldwide. You know, there's yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's 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 just better than Wii U. That's the it's better than Wii U, and it's actually charting better than what 3DS did as well in Japan. Mm -hmm. So it's doing yeah. better oh, than yeah. Wii U and 3DS. So that's good. Realistically, I, I don't think there's any way that the Switch will do. Uh, I think I can see the Switch getting, I should say, past the Wii U's say, like lifetime overall sales, probably in its first year and a half, definitely in the first two years. And really, at that point, I, I have to imagine that's a win for Nintendo in the boardrooms. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's still the fastest-selling Nintendo console of all time, right? So yeah. they keep talking that. Yeah, they keep saying that. Now we'll really know um, because in about actually, might even less than a week, their quarterly reports come out for investors. Mm -hmm. So we will know down to the dollar or how, how much they made on their Switch units and, and how many they sold. Hmm. So it will be very interesting when those numbers come out because we're still missing regions in, in the world. I mean, I don't think we don't know anything about, for example, Canada, I don't think, or Mexico or Australia no. or other parts of Europe, right? We don't know anything about any of those right now. No, all, all we know really is just the U.S. and we know Japan because those are the two major markets for Nintendo. So we don't know. Nintendo hasn't given us any data as far as Canada or you know South America or you know certain. They've given us certain parts of Europe. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we've gotten certain parts, but we haven't gotten like the full scope. We've just gotten France and the UK, and that wasn't even from Nintendo themselves. That was from like, I think who said? That? I think Nintendo. Nintendo of France did say that. Nintendo of France they like to talk a lot. Yeah. So Nintendo yeah. of France will say stuff all the time, but <laughs> like <laughs> the other places, not so. All the other places in Europe, not so much. So. We'll oh, living living regimen! Thank you for donating twenty dollars to the Evan needs a switch fund. Um, <laughs> Can you guys inform me on this? Uh, are people helping him get a switch? That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, we it's, were. It's our office switch. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what's happening, and I think why so many people want this to happen. Evan has not bought a game console since the PS2. Mm, he has been a PC gamer his pretty much since then, but the switch he is very interested in. It's he, he told me he told me it's the one system he thinks that will then bring him back to the console world. Yo, shout outs. Let's get this man a switch. <laughs> get this man a switch. He he refuses to download the 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 CMU emulator or anything. He just wants to get a a legit copy of Zelda and Switch and and play it and go to town. So Nice, nice. Well, I, I was like, "You know what? If that's going to get you back into the console world, let's figure it out." <laughs> hey man, like as long as anything to get you back in, that's going to But I think his story is also very similar to a lot of people who've just been PC. Like I I've, I've actually heard that quite a bit um, mm -hmm. from some of my users like, "Hey man, I've just been playing PC for the last like 10 years, like but this Switch has me really interested. Like I bought one or I'm going to buy one." So that's yeah. Cool. So I'm yeah I'm happy that Evan could do that and honestly at that point then when Mario Kart comes out we can we can roll some series. Yeah, Mario it, it helps action. us because that'd be <laughs> great to experience the online play once they get that set up. We'll actually oh. post up videos about it with you and me being mm -hmm. generally in the same area and seeing how the latency yeah. is and stuff. Yeah, so that'd it'll be, be pretty cool. It'll be a good time, and then we can of course do the whole everybody plays like user like viewers and YouTubers and all of us play together. So it could be a lot of fun, I think. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of the people who have the game already are having are playing online, saying that it's great. You know, um, yeah. like Andre from Game Explain, he's been playing, and uh, Direct oh, yeah. Games has been playing. So they're I mean, all saying it's, it's great. Let's be realistic here. It's it's, it's Mario Kart. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be yeah, a good time. Uh, Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a little shocked. I was a little shocked though on how much higher it rated than 
Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. I thought it was going to be very similar, just like, hey, people are going to give it, you know, like eights and nines, but people are giving it like 9.5. Some people are giving it tens. I mean, it's rating really like, higher than I thought. You know, I, I didn't expect it to rate that high. So. Well, I, I do think, um, so I think Mario Kart's going to obviously do well sales-wise, but I think a lot of people have to remember uh, the Wii U, like I said, did not sell well, but I think there's a lot of people buying the Switch that are interested again in Nintendo, and they might not have had a Wii U, so... Mario Kart is like a new experience to them. Maybe not to some of us who have played it on the Wii U, but it's a new experience to them at this point. It is for me, actually. I yeah, never had a Wii U. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. You never had a Wii U? No, I never had a Wii U. I, I had a Wii. I skipped the Wii U, though. Um, and, you know, the Switch is bringing me back to Nintendo or brought me back to Nintendo. I mean, I have this, a Switch channel. So Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, but, too off, hopefully you're not getting, getting too, too off topic here. Um, Spongebob, are we getting too off topic? But I want to ask a, a no. Philip a question. Um, yeah, go for it, so, so what, like, you said you skipped the Wii U. Why did you skip the Wii U and, like, kind of what brought you back to the Switch? Um, that's a great question. Uh, the Wii U itself, um, you know, honestly, I just wasn't really into Nintendo at the time. They, they kind of lost me, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, they lost me with the kind of games they were putting out, and their representation of the Wii U was just so confusing to me. I was honestly one of those people that wasn't really sure if it was a full-on like new Wii, like a Wii 2, or mm -hmm. if it was like you know just like a uh, like a actual console or or like a Wii point five or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, when I saw the Switch and they unveiled it, it was very clear the representation of it, and also the fact that it's a portable. I'm a huge portable guy, and like you know, the Wii as far the Wii U as far as I know, like you couldn't really get, take it into the next room without losing connection if you wanted to like. Yeah, it just depends on your walls, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. Like we don't live in paper houses, you yeah. know. So we're gonna have connection issues. So like the mm -hmm. Switch for me, like that's what I, you know everyone's been saying. Obviously, the Switch is what Nintendo originally wanted to do with the Wii U. And I think that if they were able to do that, they obviously never would have had a problem. The technology wasn't there then. It's, I guess it's here now, and it's amazing. And people, it's bringing people like me, who Nintendo lost with the release of the Wii U, and who were gaming like 100% on Xbox and PlayStation, they brought me back. And, you know, now, like, my, you know, look at how dusty this thing is. I haven't touched it in such a long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because I'm glued to my Switch. I, I think that's the best. Uh, I think the biggest thing to take away from the Switch launch is just how good Nintendo's marketing was for the entire Switch. Because the Wii U was kind of a, it was kind of a muddy picture to I think to a lot of people who weren't like really into the scene at the time for what mm -hmm. it was. Because when mm -hmm. they first showed it, if you remember, they didn't even show us the console at first. They just showed us the tablet at E3. I, I remember this. We had to go online and really try to find the console, and eventually they posted it online. But for the people who just kind of watched it at E3, maybe read an IGN article or something, it was very unclear as to what the Wii U really was. Was it just mm -hmm. the tablet? Was it the console? And I think they really wanted the Switch to be around, you know, five years ago, but the technology wasn't there until NVIDIA kind of kind of ramped up production and research on their SOCs that they have now with the X1, which really just made everything possible at this point. Mm -hmm. I think Nintendo kind of tried to force, force it a little bit, right, maybe? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a little bit early. They kind of forced it a bit, and they were and the device that they made necessarily didn't live up to even what they wanted to do, you know, with with it. And the games that they showed off, even like really early, like the like Xenoblade Chronicles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X and Tokyo Mirage Sessions at the time it was called Shishima um, Gamma Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. Those games came out three years after when they first showed it off. So it kind of just showed you that Nintendo just didn't really have things um, ready, you know, um, and. 
I, there was a couple of things that I wish that they would have done was kind of poured over some of the the older or the the end user like Wii games, you know, sure, and like port those over to, to have something at the beginning of the Wii U's launch, and they never did that. So I think they lost a lot of people because they didn't have those type of games. And like Philip said, you know, the the style was just very. I mean, I mean, Nintendo Land and New Super Mario Bros. You have they uh, launched. You know, minigame yeah. collection and platformer. You know, <laughs> it's not really exciting. I guess not really exciting for someone who's looking for like the next like big 3D game, like a Zelda or like a Mario Odyssey. You know, or stuff like that. You know, so exactly. Sure. Yeah. The Wii U launched with like uh, 30 games, 30 plus games um, that were major. The majority of them were like you know uh, remakes or whatever, like Batman Arkham Armored Edition, right? Like the majority of us sort of probably played that already on PlayStation yeah. or. Xbox or whatever. I played it on the so, 360, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like in that, fact, was great, that was a great game on 360, by the way. I love yeah. that game. <laughs> and I think like one of the flagship titles for the Wii U was like Super Mario Bros. U, right? Um, but yeah. other than that, like they didn't really have anything else. Um, right? Was there was there another game on here that I'm missing? I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say the fact that you can't remember is is kind of is, <laughs> is telling. I'll say that, obviously. But I mean there you go on the Wii U, it's just, I think a lot of people missed it, and I think they're really going to enjoy it on the Switch because a lot of the games that are going to show up on the Switch are going to be uh, not, obviously not ports or anything, but they're going to take, like, a Xenoblade and show up on the Switch, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I think people will really enjoy the Switch, uh, despite missing out on the Wii U, possibly, so... Yeah, yeah, I would love I would love for them to port all of those Wii U games over, like Donkey Kong Country. I'm a huge Donkey Kong fan, and that's mm -hmm. one of the games actually that I would have loved to see on the or would love to see on the Super NES uh, Mini. But, there was a um, there was I think I played Zombie U at the beginning of the Wii U's um, life too. That was that was that was good. It was okay. There was some some serious, there were some issues, but it was okay overall. I thought it was it was an interesting concept with the with the gamepad and all that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, really they had those games and like like you said, a bunch of ports. But yeah, let, let's hope that um, I think. They're doing a much better job, like you know, like everyone's been saying with the, with the switch as far as how things are going. So uh, there's a um, couple other things that were going on. The other big thing was we talked about this briefly, but the the entire marketing promotion for Call of Duty leaked, and it, it leaked online because somebody keeps taking pictures, and we don't know where this is, which retail store this is, but somebody at a retail store, like a GameStop or something, keep, they keep taking pictures of promotional materials that get to them. They took a picture of World War II Call of Duty like a week and a half ago. It gets announced that Call of Duty, yes, is going back to World War II. So this person has promotional material that's coming to them, and they got new pro uh, promotional material that's come to them that says it's going to be like you're going to be storming the beaches of Normandy. Uh, kind of what they did in Call of Duty 2, but of course there's more technology now to where they could probably make it more like a Saving Private Ryan uh, type scene because they also have a little more liberty with their rating being mature now. So it's going to be very interesting. They're going to have co-op story that's specific to co-op. They're going to have a full closed beta that's happening. But the biggest thing that people are noticing is that there's no marketing for the Switch currently. And a lot of people are concerned that there is no Call of Duty going to the Switch. Now, I think if we get to November when Call of Duty is supposed to come out and the numbers continue like they will, I, I do think Activision would be a, a fool not to, not to try to tap into that market. So I do think that there is something planned right now, or at least in the works, whether it's a, either a version that is, that is kind of modified to play on the 720p screen and on the dock at the same time, you know, differently, whether that's to change textures or anything. But for the most part, they either have to put a Call of Duty on there or maybe a spinoff of Call of Duty that is specific to the Switch. What do you guys think about Activision's Call of Duty? Do you think it'll, you think it'll make the Switch release? You, 
you guys can go first, then I'll give you guys an I'll give you a, a, a reveal, okay, for just for your podcast. So I'll oh, cool. You, okay. I'll let you guys go first, though. Okay. Um, I I would love to see Call of Duty come to the Switch. I think it would definitely help push um, some console sales. I don't think there needs really, honestly, any help to push any console sales, but I think it would turn on a lot of people um, to maybe think about buying a switch who weren't interested in the first place but i don't think that activision is going to do anything until nintendo like stabilizes their online infrastructure because call of duty i mean let's face it that's basically an online game for most people um so if, if we do see it on the switch i think nintendo is going to have to be ready with a good way to invite friends and a party system and chat and ways to support those players right yeah we're still waiting for the uh, the details for online which i assume we'll see in e3 but mm-hmm. What do you what are you thinking, Evan, about Call of Duty? I know you're not a big Call of Duty fan, Evan. Yeah, I mean, at this point, anytime someone brings up Call of Duty, it I always just imagine the camps that we kept hearing about or seeing or reading about where it's the people who hate where it's going, the people who preferred what it was and just want the old ones to be remastered and remade. Uh, just all that stuff. So, I mean, we're, if we're looking at this and it's going to be going back to the World mm-hmm. War II stuff, at least we'll be able to see where, I guess, the game really birthed from. Like, that's... Yeah kind of the true classic of it but do people really want that (laughs) like at this point i mean they say they do but that's the thing here's the thing about the internet (laughs) uh there's always people who want either side of the coin and you're never going to make everyone happy so when this world war ii game comes out there's going to be people who like the futuristic black ops 3 and they don't like the the I guess they're going to call it archaic World War II weapons, when really if you enjoy like a historical story, like an original historical story, like Assassin's Creed, for example, you probably will like playing through like Call of Duty and going through the beaches in Normandy, maybe going through wherever else they go in Europe as your unit kind of marches forward. And if they do things like introduce, you know, unique characters and, and set up a good storyline that kind of inter- like interweaves with historical events, I think it could be really cool. But it, you're not going to make everyone happy. That's just the way it is. It's the way it's always been. So, um, but uh, o- OJ, what were you saying about Call of Duty, man? So for, I first want to say that the box art is hot trash. Like that's probably <laughs> the worst box art I've ever seen. Look, I talked about this too. People were telling me like, why are you talking about the box art? Because it's trash. Like, have you guys seen this box art for this game? That, that's him where he's kind of resting his, uh, like his, his chin on the, on his hands. And which they could make. Yeah. I didn't think it was real. <laughs> it was fake. Yeah. Which, it, it was funny because um, Randy uh, Pitch is a Pitchford or Pitchford, the guy who, who uh, Gearbox dude, um, mm-hmm. yep. he did like Brothers in Arms and like, and like that was like they completely ripped off that box art from that game. It's yeah. like almost yeah, he put it side by side together. Um, it was like he's like just want he's like I just want to put this here and uh, yeah they completely ripped that off. That's horrible box art. But look, box art doesn't make the game right. But yeah. I will say this um, now. This isn't something that please do not take this as 100% because it's okay. not. Um, sure. I do have someone saying, and like mm-hmm. I said, I haven't said this to anyone else. Um, I was talking with someone. Sure. Well, can you um, keep this, take this with a, a, a grain of salt, right? Is that, that what you're trying to say? Yes, okay. <laughs> get, your grind, get your grinder out. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, there is a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say who the developer is because then that can give away the sources, but there's a developer that made game that would port over games um, from different studios for various hardware. Okay. This, sure. this is known as one of those developers um, that you would just give them a task. So like a bigger company would say, Hey, we want this game on here, usually a licensed game or mm-hmm. something like that. And they would port the game over to whatever platforms. Okay. Um, right. And apparently this developer is doing that for call of duty on the switch. Interesting. Now, Interesting. It won't be revealed when the other systems are being revealed. 
um, okay. like with the PS4 and Xbox One. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe look for it, E3 reveal. Um, mm -hmm. But Nintendo and um, apparently Nintendo and Activision have a fantastic relationship. And even with Call of Duty, we saw, yeah. we, we saw two of them on the Wii mm -hmm. U. And a similar thing happened with Ghosts. Now, Ghosts was revealed was on uh, PS3, Xbox 360, I think even PS4, Xbox One. I'm not 100% sure, but it was revealed and it wasn't on the Wii U at first. Right. Um, and then later it was revealed by like a 25 man like dev team. Like they, they it was just random out of nowhere. Like, oh yeah, it's coming to Wii U too. <laughs> and like they showed a picture of all the developers and they're all smiling with the Wii U copies of like <laughs> ghosts. I mean, it was like 20, like 20 people that yeah, ported yeah. it over. Um, some small team. So apparently something like that is happening. Um, this developer has worked on licensed products and stuff like this beforehand, and they will be handling the development of sure. Call of, of Call of Duty on the Switch. So that's just what I like. I said, rumor. Yeah. Okay. Do not take it with one hundred percent. That's but, yeah. It's good. It's good to know that it's possibly out there because uh, yeah. there was a lot of people that asked me on whether it was in the comments or on the subreddit that we have uh, if it's possible to move a game like that from the PS4 to the Switch. And and yes, it, it is possible. It, it's very possible. It depends on the engine that they run. But Call of Duty has scaled better than I think a lot of people remember, considering if you consider the original Black Ops was on the the, the Wii, like the original Wii, mm -hmm. not even like the Wii, the original Wii, and it was also on the 360 and the PS3, and it played okay on the on the Wii, which by the mm -hmm. way, the, the jump between the Wii and the like the original Wii and the 360 is bigger than the jump between the Switch and say the Xbox One. It just is because the tool sets are essentially the same if you use something like Unreal, for example, and NVIDIA has provided quite a bit on the back end that the Wii, for example, didn't have when trying to port games to that from the 360. So yes, games like that are possible. If you go and look at something like Snake Pass, like I've beaten this to death, but Snake Pass or even Lego City Undercover, which by the way, used a custom engine. It's not Unreal, it's a custom engine. And at times it runs better on the Switch than it does on the PS4, which is mind blowing if you really consider that. And I think if the developers really put the time in and it's in their mind worth it, they will make the game run on the Switch. They, they'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's what I understand when people say, oh, well, can it do it? Did you guys see all of the 360 to Wii games? I mean, we got, what was that game? Um, Dead Rising. Dead Rising, a game with tons of zombies. I mean, obviously the Wii version wasn't as good, but they made it on the Wii. <laughs> they made Dead Rising on the Wii, and it worked. Um, the original, you said Call of Duty Black Ops. There was actually yeah. in Call of Duty, Call of Duty 4. Mm -hmm. That one was also on the yeah. Wii as well. That was the first one that came out, and it was essentially the same game uh, with some uh, with some drawbacks here. Obviously, graphics and like certain online features. But I mean, that like and like I said, the gap was even bigger. So if they want to make a version for the Switch, they'll make one. If they don't want to, then they won't make one. It's just it's really that simple. If they want to get a developer to make one on there, they'll do it. If they don't, then they won't. I mean, I mean keep in mind, Medal of Honor Heroes uh, Two had thirty two players online on the Wii. 60 frames per second on that one too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, if they want to, they will make it work. And and the Switch, realistically, with the tool set it has, which some of the tool sets on the Switch are are more current than what's on the PS4 and the Xbox One, believe it or not, uh, it's it's doable. It's completely doable. Like I said, go look at Snake Pass on either one, and, and it's it's a little shocking how close they are. <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you guys know who the developer is, like, after the podcast. <laughs> No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll message you guys later. <laughs> just so that's you know, fine. I'm not just making something up for your podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's cool, man. I, mean, I, I, like, I want to believe it's coming out on the Switch. Now, I will be honest and say that if it comes out on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Switch, I'm not personally a big Call of Duty fan, but I would probably get it on the PS4. Um, 
overall, but I would be very interested in the Switch version just to see how it holds up. But I would probably be more inclined to get it on something like the PS4 Pro, for example, because I am looking at 4K TVs now. Um, and that would just be, I think, would, would be a little more interesting to me. And I probably wouldn't play that one on the go as much because I, I had this issue with the Vita. I bought Call of Duty on the Vita, and it was not as fun as I thought it would be in a handheld first-person shooter game. It was just weird. Now, that's not to say the Switch one won't because it has more options, tabletop mode, pro controller, all this stuff. I just feel like a shooter like that, I would be more interested in playing on a big screen TV um, with the big set pieces that I'm sure they'll include. But that that's just me personally. I'm sure the Switch version will still do well, mostly because everyone will be really excited that Call of Duty is there. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. we'll see. Like, like you know, like Philip said, they have to make sure that the, the tool set is there and all mm -hmm. that, the online is there uh, for it. But I think just, yeah, like, if I was to get the game, I mean, I'm not sure if the, the Switch is the right place. You know, like PS4 and Xbox One just have so much more um, stuff for the online games. So I think a lot of people are probably going to think the same way, and it's just going to obviously do much better on those systems, you know. Yeah, I don't think that the entire Call of Duty fan base is going to move over to the Switch at all. I, I think the the place to play Call of Duty is probably PlayStation or Xbox, wherever they have exclusives. Um, PlayStation has the exclusive again this year. Right. Call of Duty. Yeah. And Destiny, right? So, yeah. Um, so, PC yeah. I don't Destiny. I'll be getting that on PC. <laughs> yeah. I want to try that on PC. Look at this. Huge fan right here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I think that, um, I don't know, there's a good chance of it coming to the Switch. I think it would be a great idea. Like, I don't think it's going to, like I said, be like a gigantic wave, but it's going to be a really good sign that more and more third parties, like bigger third parties are coming to the Switch. And that's what it needs. We need Assassin's Creed. We need mm -hmm. Call of Duty. Like, sure, I love Nintendo games. We all are stoked for Mario Kart. We all love mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild. But it'd be cool to see some other third parties coming in, you know, bigger third parties releasing some bigger games and actually, you know, building that library and, and bringing some life to the console. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for, I have Nintendo, this switch kind of carved out in my mind as the system. I really want to play every RPG that comes out on. Yes. For, for some reason, I don't know what, like I'm playing Persona 5, right? On the PS4 Pro. And every time I'm playing it, I'm like, this is fun, but man, wouldn't it be great if it was a handheld? For some reason, it would have been so much mind. better. It would have been so much better on it. I mean, that's just, it's not only you, it's even oh, okay. PlayStation games. They're saying that. Like, this would have been better on a Vita or on a Switch. Like, they, I mean, Persona 4 Golden is the highest selling Persona game, well, before this one. Persona 4 Golden, yeah, on the Vita was the highest selling in the PS2 version, which the PS2 had, what, 160 million units? Yeah. PS Vita had 12 million or what is it, 15 million? I don't know, something like that. But Golden sold more than the PS2 original version. So, I mean, that goes to show you how well that formula works. I mean, it's a turn-based RPG. You're just pressing the X button. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're doing the social stuff. Like, you don't need to sit in front of a big TV for that. It would just work so much better lying down in bed, you know, if you have the remote play or, you know, or just on a dedicated handheld, you know. Well, that, that like, I keep talking about the Switch, but the, the, the sleep button on that is amazing. Even if you're playing an RPG and you just got to kind of stop for a bit. Like, I, like when we were in the hospital, I had to hit sleep button, the sleep button a lot, but I, we were, mm -hmm. I was fine going back to it, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, and mm -hmm. everything was still picking up. Ha like, Has Been Heroes has actually been one of my favorite Switch games recently, um, since uh, until Wonder Boy came out. I've been playing a lot of Wonder Boy, but uh, <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that, I, would just, I would just sleep mode and walk away, come back turn it back on and I'm, I'm back where I am. And it was, it was just very convenient. So an RPG almost feels, I don't want to say old, but archaic playing in front of a TV now. It, it's, it's a weird feeling. I'm a complete lazy 
I'm lying down on the ground. I am like lying down on the ground while I play Persona. Honestly, I'm like lying down, and my daughter's right there, and she'll watch. And I just play it with one end. Like this needs to be on something else. Like <laughs> it's like gone to the point to where I don't know where my Vita went. I think I gave it away. I'm not sure. I couldn't find it. So I'm like, so I bought an, I'm buying another Vita. It's coming in the mail just so I can play this stupid thing remote play. <laughs> did, you, did, you used to, did you used to have a Vita and you got rid of it? Or? I used to have a Vita, but I don't know where it went. I had a oh. Vita. <laughs> I moved. <laughs> Vita's oh, gone. Man. I'm not sure. <laughs> it like disappeared. I, I have a PS Vita TV. I still have that, but that doesn't help me in this situation. So I might just yeah. bought another Vita. It's coming in the mail. So it's a good system. It's worth having just because of the RPGs that are on there. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones. Um, they I moved agree. a lot to it. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, <clears throat> so overall, that's a. And then there was a. There was an interesting. See, I want to talk about the Scorpio while we're here too, <laughs> uh, because the Scorpio is, is interesting in that it does not make a ton of sense, but. I understand that Microsoft is at least trying to release a new system that can, I guess, help them in the marketplace. But there was an interesting post on a, a retail site. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this, OJ. I know you like you keep up to, to date with the news pretty well. But there was this interesting leak of a price point of three ninety nine nine for the Scorpio. Yeah, I, I saw someone link that to me, and I'm like, this isn't. I'm like, this isn't the official price. He was trying to say, oh, this is the price. I'm like, no, that's not the official yeah. price. You know, <laughs> it's probably a placeholder price, but it does bring up the the question that I I, I don't think. I just don't see how they could get it out at that price. I do still firmly think it's going to be 500. Uh, yeah. Michael Pactor has actually come out and said if it's above 400, the thing's dead in the water, which I, I don't believe. Um, and I've actually sent Pactor plenty of messages on this, which he probably has no idea what's going on when I send yeah, messages. <laughs> message him on Twitter. Sometimes he'll respond back on Twitter. Have you sent really? anything? On- oh. Yeah, yeah. Message him on Twitter. Sometimes he'll he'll respond back on there. Oh, cool. Okay, good. Um, so I, I just I don't think if it releases above 400, it's dead in the water. But I do think if it releases above 500, it's dead in the water. Now I don't know if anyone else other than myself is going to buy a Scorpio on this podcast right now. <laughs> I don't know if you guys will. I want to hear I want to hear Evan's um, take on this. Evan, what is your take on since you're a PC dude? Um, what's your take on this Scorpio? I, I really want to hear what you have to say. I mean, by the time it comes out, especially for people who actually like try to follow PC and keep up to date with it, there's most likely going to be a card that's already going to be better for it, more powerful, and a price a little bit lower, most likely, than what the overall system is, if the price points we're saying are going to be a thing. Well, the, the Scorpio seems to be on par with, say, a 1070, for example. Yeah, and by the time it really lands, we should be able to get those fairly cheap, and then it's just a one-purchase upgrade, and I don't lose my library of games. I don't have to change over and do anything else. I can just keep going from there. Like, it's not a big deal. But the system itself, I'm just not interested in it at this Mm -hmm. point. Because, like, with 4K gaming, I know we talked about this at the store occasionally, Mm -hmm. you are going to need a specific size screen, and I don't don't really want, like, a massive screen down here to really get the emphasis of 4K. Because if you're playing... 4k at 30 inches you're really not going to feel it (laughs) like that's true now you would feel like 1440 for example which i still think is a better resolution for the the value and and the performance i think 1440p is a better resolution than 4k right now because we're still struggling to get 4k with say i don't know a gtx 1080 for example it's it's not 60 frames all the time which is i think what they're trying to accomplish here with scorpio but the problem that they're running into and phil spencer's already said this and it was probably not the best idea to say, but maybe he's just trying to head this off when it actually comes out. He doesn't think the Scorpio is going to sell well, which is weird for the head of Xbox to say, but he doesn't think it's going to sell well. And I could have told him that as soon as they announced it, mostly because the PS4 Pro, while it's not as powerful, obviously, we know that, 
but it does 4K. Now, the, the, the way you make your system successful is by attaching to the mainstream. I think everyone can understand that, and I think the Wii pretty much proved that you don't need the most powerful system on the market to, to, to win, as long as you attach to the mainstream. How many, how many people's grandmothers bought the Wii because you could bowl? Um, and uh, so I, I think in this case, you're going to have a mom that goes in, they, they have a choice between Scorpio and the PS4 Pro. Scorpio will be 500, uh, I think, at this point. And I do think that the Pro will drop to 350. They both say 4K on the outside. Wh which one does she buy? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the funny thing is that people, mm -hmm. even with the Pro being out, like, people are still just buying PS4. PS4 still yep. outsells Pro yes. quite a bit. Like, it's yeah. Sony's not even releasing numbers on Pro particularly. So nope, they, they, I, they lump it into the PS4. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't really think people just aren't really... I think it'll be for a few years now. People just aren't going to be ready. They don't need... 1080p is fine for a lot of people. It's cheaper. Like, PS4 is what? 250 or 290 You can get it for 250 or 299 Realistically, if you actually shop, you get it for 250 <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's fine. Just just buy a PS4. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Scorpio was going to be more expensive. I just don't see... Um, it's going to be cool. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah you know. what's, what's interesting to note, though, is if it, people are freaking out about it releasing at, say, 500 even... The, the original Xbox One released at 500. We all remember this, right? <laughs> in, in 2013, even. With that right. Kinect, you know, with that... <laughs> with oh, gosh. <laughs> they, they do not care about the Kinect. And it, 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 seriously, it's insane to me because it is the exact same thing that happened to the Kinect on the 360. Like, the exact same thing. <laughs> I still don't even know why they decided to even bring it over to the freaking one. Like, I, I after know. seeing how much everyone trashed it, ragged on it, how the companies that showed all the cool technology for it that never came to pass. No. Why? Why would you continue I, that legacy of pain I, and anger? I think they're just blinded by the, the money that Kinect brought in. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like, the well, amount was, of... Because it sold really well on the Xbox 360, like it yeah. sold so well. So I think they're just blinded by that. They didn't. They they had their tunnel vision, kind of like how Nintendo does sometimes with some of their you know their things. They just kind of had their tunnel vision on, like we're gonna do it this way because it sold. So I mean, yeah, but, they, but, but, but it's to get sold, it worse yeah. from fans, which is weird. <laughs> but it sold mostly in package formats to people, and a lot of those people yeah. traded that stuff back into us yeah. and kept oh the my systems. God. Like I we agree. we had we had connects just <laughs> sitting on a desk behind us, and no one wanted that. Yeah. Stuff. We had to like move connects to put more connects away. Hey man, I I, I agree. I, there was the, the the used market of the connect. I mean, you could get one for really cheap on the three six. Like if you really wanted a connect, you never had to pay full price for it. You could no, always we were, get. We were selling them for twenty bucks at one. Yeah. Point. Yeah, twenty yeah. bucks. <laughs> and the and the only reason I could think of it, and I think we talked about this, John, was that they were trying to resurrect their old idea of having a device in a room that's reading metadata on the people playing mm -hmm. it to try to advertise specific things to them because that was a patent Microsoft had in for yeah. the Kinect specifically. So. It was one of the scariest things I've ever seen because um, this was when they were first coming out with the idea for the Xbox One and the Kinect being almost attached. Because if you remember, at one point it was pitched that you needed it to be attached for it to work. Right, well, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, so their idea was that if you watch a movie, for example, they would get the technology to the point where it could count how many people were in the room and then charge you accordingly for renting the movie. So <laughs> they were seriously trying. This was a, this was a thing for yeah, like a few you're months. Right. It was. It was. And, it was a thing that it was a scary thing, and they were going to get to the point where they could the connect could read your heartbeat and decide when it was best to show you certain ads based on how hyped up you were about something that was going on on TV <laughs> or, or in the game, for example. Let's say you're on the menu and you can tell how fast your heartbeat's going. Oh, we're going to show them this Doritos, you know, this Doritos ad here. <laughs> if, if this actually went through, Microsoft would have made a killing on advertising wherever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If this oh, actually yeah. happened, 
advertisers would have paid so much for this for this so i can see why they wanted to but it's just a horrible concept but um i feel it man like what do you what do you think on the whole scorpio thing i didn't, you didn't really get your take on it yeah i'm i'm excited about it i i'm gonna get one i'm not as hyped up as i was about it when it was first announced um but i i have a ps4 pro um and i gamed on it a lot when i got it like uh, a month or two after it came out um i also have a 4k tv that i got with the ps4 pro um oh, was a no, no no i like at the oh. same time i bought him oh, um okay. yeah so i don't know like it's it's okay but at the same time i think that the masses the majority of people out there they don't have a 4k tv um still like we you know like we said earlier i think the majority of the people are still gaming on 1080p and for me, um, even though I do have a 4K TV, uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to more of like Scorpio's like just graphical enhancements towards games and the fact sure. that it does run on a 1070 um, or the equivalent of. So I don't know. I think that um, for me, yeah. I've always been I've always leaned more towards the Microsoft or Xbox side mm -hmm. when it came to console gaming um, because that's where all of my games or my, all my friends play on Xbox Live or whatever. So sure. I think that as long as um, it has games to bring with it. It's gonna do well, but we don't have any good exclusives from um, Microsoft Dust, coming man. out, right? Phantom Dust, maybe. I just I, I, I have that game on the original Xbox right over here. <laughs> Me, I mean, I would buy. I'm gonna buy it, but I don't know yeah. who else is. You know. Yeah, so. there's, uh, well, the, 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 it's gonna come out on the PC. Evan, who has does not have an Xbox, can buy every game that you would buy on your Xbox with just with his PC. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: he doesn't have to pay for Xbox Live. Yeah, it's curious to see, you know, what Microsoft is doing. I'm, I'm wondering what happened to their, because Xbox 360 to me was the best. Yes. I, I liked it the most last generation, mm -hmm. um, or whatever generation that we're in. I'm not sure where we're at at this point with Pro and Switch and all this, but seventh generation, I mm -hmm. love the Xbox 360. There were so many unique exclusive games ranging from third party to first party. I mean, timed exclusives, just all sorts of stuff. Japanese games, we got stuff like Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, Eternal Sonata. There was just a lot of different games that were exclusive or timed. Star Ocean 4 came out first on the Xbox 360. I'm, I'm wondering what happened to that, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like, Microsoft from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One just seemed to just be like, well, we don't care about that stuff anymore, and that's kind of where they lost me. Now, I don't talk about it a lot, um, but, you know, it's something that's kind of, kind of irked me just a little bit with the Microsoft brand because I have all those games on the 360. I think that they're fantastic. And I think that Microsoft did a great job with games. Obviously, their system blew up at times with Red Ring of Death. But outside of that, you know, like sure. their games were real, their games were great. So I'm wondering what their their um their strategy is. I, well, I think it's I think it's more like a customer shift, like a user-based shift, kind of like what the big issue was with Nintendo for a while for a lot of people, was that their user base it was more seen to be for children and everything. And the bulk of the games did reflect that. And I think for some reason they're now reflecting a different user base that they want for the Xbox One for some reason than what really got the 360 up off its feet and mm -hmm. had it running and just going crazy because mm -hmm. i mean we're not really seeing as many of those big explosive titles the firework button games of just press a button watch everything go crazy on your screen type stuff i don't know what they're doing overall but i mean we have talked about them shutting out the exclusive titles i guess the last on the last podcast and even in some other videos it's going to be kind of weird because they definitely have to have a lineup the moment they really come down with a price point for scorpio to actually matter at all in most people's mind like philip you're probably gonna not want it if they just go here's the system and then they don't tell you anything else like you've got nothing coming yeah 
exactly because right now like there aren't any exclusives coming in the foreseeable future that i would get like i'm a huge halo fan but halo 6 isn't coming out anytime soon i mean yeah i don't even think we're gonna hear about it at e3 right so maybe maybe right consider the fact that microsoft had good exclusives of 360 and they lost them bioshock was a 360 exclusive it was only on microsoft side dead rising same way mass Mm -hmm. effect mass effect Mm is now all over the place, but it was only <laughs> on Microsoft's console. So they have done nothing but lose or cancel games. Scalebound, a game that I was looking forward to so much, is Me never going to see the light of day, probably. Oh, man, that, that one hurt. Yeah. That one hurt. <laughs> even, even some of the lesser known but still impressively conceptual titles, like Pray for the Gods, that's coming out across all the consoles. And it'll be cool to see if it actually touches the Switch, because at the time it was being announced, it, the Switch wasn't really a thing for it to port to, but as we saw with Battle Chasers Night War, uh, yes. even though the Kickstarter only went through for the main consoles that were out at the time with the Switch's release, they just did it. They were able to just toss it to the Switch and have it actually work. So yeah. it'll be cool to see if that all starts folding over to the Switch as well. And then, I mean, Scorpio still just doesn't have anything rolling for it. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I just feel like it. Microsoft's doing the complete opposite. They're trying to give you the best third-party experience you can get and the other two systems are trying to bring you games you can only get on that system. So it's, it's think, a weird uh, strategy. Do you um, think we'll see any uh, Oculus support with Scorpio? Yes, that, that has to be a thing because they already have their they already have you know their hands in that in the Oculus basically. And I have to imagine them and Facebook are working right now probably to plug it into Scorpio. That's probably the big reason. One of the big reasons anyway that Scorpio is a thing is because the original Xbox. I I cannot see how that could run any type of VR. Um, yeah, with, right. With it's not because it's not just the textures; it's the frame rate. If the frame rate's too yeah. low, it feels. I mean, it, it's running DDR3 memory for everything. It's it, you're not going to run that at a high resolution. And if you run anything like 720p and split that in half, it's not going to be good for what they're trying to push in that system. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. So yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm just excited because it's another device. It's competition. It's, it's going to be something that's out there on the market. Um, gives people options, you know. So that's nothing wrong with another all option. I went for Microsoft or games. That, that's all I want. They have their beast. Just just give it some games to play on it. <laughs> and I think that's the that's going to be interesting if they actually do because um, the like you said, like it's going to be the, the go to place for third party content. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, like but Sony's bringing out so many maybe on some of their own accord paying for it, but even sometimes just developers just saying, well, it's just going to be on Sony just because it sold this many units, you know. Um, so like we remember seeing Persona, we're seeing Neo, we're seeing Nier Automata, and there's more. There's like more coming from these Japanese developers. And these are high quality games. So uh, I would hope that maybe Microsoft can get into that or make their own. I mean, they have they have the Lost Odyssey franchise. I mean, yeah, right but here, here, I mean, here's the here's the problem. When you look at the the sales charts in Japan, and you look down the charts, and you see that the Xbox One has sold 17 consoles in a week. <laughs> There is a problem. <laughs> they have probably sold more Saturn games because the, the original Xbox One launch, a person went to the store. No one was there. They placed signs above the the three the Xbox One and stuff that basically referred to it as American fecal matter. And, and the guy's going through the store, and there are sealed Saturn games, new Saturn games there. I have a feeling more Saturn games sold that week than Xbox One consoles. You, you didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. There's a reason Phil Spencer is getting on a private plane and flying to Japan and asking Japanese developers to develop for him. Personally, 
when, when, when he gets on a plane and goes there, there's a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything that he can do at this point, especially with the Japanese market, the way that it's shaking out. It's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Hybrid thingies are probably going to be the way of the future. Yeah. It's like for them, like I would not be surprised if Sony's patent becomes a reality at some point. Um, but they would have the to line. use they would have to use AMD because I have a feeling Nvidia is locked up pretty well with Nintendo. So yeah. they would have to use AMD's Merlin chipset, which is not anything like the Tegra chipset. It would be very mm-hmm. difficult, I think, for Sony to really fund that uh, in good spirits and think that it's going to do well. They would have to come up with something. I, I don't even know what, mm-hmm. unless unless Vega somehow makes it into a an SOC of some kind for portable units. That would be really interesting to see that because then Nvidia would have to step up their game. So. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it definitely. Be, it could be very interesting. So, um, now let me let me jump over here real quick. Do you guys are you guys familiar at all with G two A, the marketplace? G2. Is that the the, the PC downloading? Type That's deal? the one where you go on there and you buy a key and you and you and you put it in. Your... Didn't Epic back them, or was that a different one? That was um. Well, it was uh. It was the people who did Bulletstorm. <sighs> um, oh yeah, people could fly <laughs> yeah. right. It was. It was. I think it was Gearbox. I think. I thought, I, thought, I thought Gearbox helped. I thought people could fly did Bulletstorm. Huh. People. Well, people could fly did Bulletstorm. Yeah, they. People could fly did Bulletstorm, and then it was also backed. I, I think by Epic. Some at the, oh, at the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the, the remaster they just did. Because I know Cliff, Cliffy B was was um, advertising that game when it originally came out. Okay. Yeah. No, it, was, it is. It, it, it's Gearbox. Uh, Gearbox did the um, the Bulletstorm full clip edition. The new one that just came out. And the idea was they were partnering with G2A. It breaks up. It's really ugly. um, And it just did not end well. I don't know if you guys followed any of this, but I I was following this very, very closely. Someone tweeted them. They're like, why are you backing people who sell stolen copies of games? And then it just exploded. (laughs) It was was Total Biscuit. Um, What happened? Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, Gearbox. Okay, so G2A, if you don't know G2A well, they they are a gray market company. They They sell keys... Uh, that, so you can go on there. It's almost like the eBay of digital keys. You put keys up, people will buy them from you, and supposedly the transaction goes smoothly. Uh, a lot of times it does, but a lot of times it also it doesn't. And well, what like, happens is developers do not like G2A. Like it's comically bad how much they hate G2A <laughs> uh, because most of the time G2A will get money and the developers won't because of fraudulent purchases. Yeah, like uh, one of the core things was people would steal like Steam gift cards from like GameStops and yes. stuff, buy games with them and then sell the games through G2A to make money. Yep. Mm. Yeah, so so what would happen is this is this is very uh, the tiny build. Evan, you you know tiny build obviously, right? You you liked yeah. a lot of their game. I like a lot of their games. They yeah. um they made Mr. Shifty for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, so what happened was this was about a year and a half ago, and I'm trying to remember which game this was, but basically what happened was they went through G2A, um, and people stole credit cards, bought stacks of steam keys. And I mean like a thousand steam keys at a time bought them. It takes about 30 days for chargebacks to happen. So in their mind, they take the stack of keys, they go to G2A and then they sell them all of them there for half the value of what developers are trying to sell them in their in their regular Steam store or Origin or wherever they're trying to sell them, right? And I, I wish I could remember what game it was for Tiny Build, but Tiny Build to this day claims that after chargebacks, they end up losing about a million dollars. Oh my goodness. And G2A, of course, because they are getting uh, legit purchases, right? Because it's not the person who stole the credit card that is that is buying from G2A. It's, it's an actual like everyday person, you, me, or whoever. Um, those transactions stay correct. They, they do not get charged back. So G2A just just basically gets all this money and the developers lose a ton of money despite their game being out there right now. <laughs> mm. 
So the yeah. real problem is G2A does not police their stuff at all. And they don't care to. So what happened was, this is really funny. If you guys get a chance, go back and watch this. There is a Twitch stream where <laughs> they send, for some stupid reason, they send a developer, well, not a developer, a, uh, a sales associate for G2A to a developer's conference. And they have questions and stuff from the audience, and it was almost a massacre, like, in real life, to where people almost fought this guy. <laughs> wow. I need to watch this. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, some of the questions were great. Like, they did everything they could to heckle this guy. And, and he's trying to explain to them in circles, like, PR spin at its finest. And we get to a point where people are asking them why. Um, so what happens with G2A, you have to purchase... Uh, uh, buyer protection. Like if you go on eBay, for example, you are protected automatically when you make a purchase. With G2A, mm -hmm. you have to buy a subscription service to be protected. <laughs> um, so what happens is they're asking them all these questions. Why is it so hard to, to not, why is it so hard to cancel this service, right? Like why does it take you guys forever? You have to go through all these steps. And the guy is like, well, it takes us a while. First of all, uh, our workforce is made up of 40% women. So <laughs> Oh, what? No. Yeah, oh my gosh it's this guy buries wow. e2a if you get a chance it's, oh, no. the, it's the funniest thing I, I showed some clips in newswave and i I've, I've talked about it at length it's the funniest thing you can watch people in the chat were blowing up tiny build shows up in the chat and starts making fun of it oh my wow. goodness that, that's it's, a great way there so because of women that's the reason what, what kind of stupidity is that yeah it's it's one of the best things I've ever seen uh, because I personally don't like G2A. It's a gray market. What happens is people you call them scalpers, call them resellers. They buy from say Russia, where the where the Steam key is like thirty percent of what it is in America, and then they take it, resell it in America. The developer prices these accordingly to to the the economies that they're selling in to help the consumer out. But then of course resellers take advantage of it, and the developers end up losing money. Mm -hmm. So I always like when G2A gets kind of kind of pooped on. It's really funny. So <laughs> that was that was a good time. I was very happy about that. Wow. Uh, but I will, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll, uh, I, I, I bookmarked it because it was so funny. I will, uh, I will put, let me see. I'll put this in the chat for you guys, and I'll put it in the, uh, the main chat for everyone else to watch too. It starts at about five minutes. Whenever you get a chance, enjoy it and watch it. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> um, but I will put that there too. Uh, so there's that. Anything else you guys wanted to bring up um, while we're on stream here on podcast? Oh, you know what? I should ask you guys. What did you guys play this week? We'll end with all of that. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Um, Evan, you can start first. I haven't been able to play He's playing much. playing Gigantic. I've, nice. I've, been, I've, been going, yeah, I've been going between Gigantic <laughs> and just checking out other things online, but I've been too busy doing all my other stuff right now. Okay, so you're, you, I know you're doing a lot of artwork. I know that you're still doing All a lot right. of um, live streaming for your art channel, Evan. Uh, I'm going to be getting back to that uh, this okay. week because I, I remember. To... <laughs> I yeah. remember we did a uh, we did a uh, you were doing a live stream and then I was playing a game and we like rated your live stream, <laughs> which was great. So uh, yeah, guys, if you don't know, Evan does a lot of really cool artwork on um, Twitch. So if you get a chance, check him out. Um, he'll like stream him like uh, like doing some really cool drawings and stuff and he takes requests on there for fun as well so told him to do some like some video game stuff like do like nintendo stuff with link or like uh i don't know really any any video game stuff is really popular so and occasionally i'll probably be working on stuff for the channel so you might get some previews of what's coming up for i guess new layouts and things for videos 
Okay, so what we'll do is we'll go around top out what we've played, and then we'll take some questions from the live chat, guys. Don't worry, I didn't forget about you guys. I'll see you asking when you when you'll have live questions. So we'll do that next. But let's, uh, OJ, what, what have you been playing this week, man? Uh, Persona, just a lot of Persona Five. That's pretty much my uh, game that I yes. play a lot. It's really good. It's 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 really good. It's fun. Um, so I'm I'm past the. I'm not gonna no spoilers, guys. Um, I'm past the 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 death point from Atlas where they said you better not stream oh. this. Well, as big as possible, would it have really damaged people's experiences? No, like Atlas really? is being insane. <laughs> Atlas no. is being crazy. Like at that point, dude, there's still like tons, tons more with the game. You don't even have like you only have like less than fifty percent of your characters. You don't you you only have like half of your cast. You don't. There's uh, a whole second half of cast that you get from that point on. I don't know what Atlas's Atlas themselves showed hmm. off content. Past seven seven the day seven seven. <laughs> I have very early. If you go back and watch the TGS twenty fifteen trailer, mm -hmm. there is a scene from well past seven seven in there. They, there are they strike that channel, <laughs> their own channel. <laughs> I have no idea what Atlas is doing. There is nothing that's spoilerish. There is nothing that's wrong. If you buy the special edition, mm -hmm. there's characters from there on the box that are past the oh. seven seven day. Like they are. I have no idea what Alice is thinking when they're saying oh, don't stream man. past seven seven. There's nothing. Now I can understand like maybe like well past seven seven, like where you get into maybe like the fall semester and all of that. Then okay, once you get everyone and then you're going into some of the stuff and maybe there's some um, plot points with certain things. But for them to say not past that point is ridiculous. That is absolutely there's nothing that they've they've already showed it themselves. They're crazy. Mm. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, but uh, yeah, I'm playing Persona, and um, I'm going to be playing, trying to get back into Nier Automata. Oh, nice! And um, I've been playing, um, I've been playing like Zelda, of course, still sure. trying to get everything in that. So those are the games I've been playing. I'm having a lot of fun, obviously, with Persona, though. So. And I assume next Friday is going to be mostly Mario Kart, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be having some tournaments and uh, playing probably with all of you guys too. Nice. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm pretty sure we can. We do like a spawn wave versus uh, player essence. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> at some point. Uh, Philip, what have you what have you been playing this week, man? Um, like you, I've kind of been having fun with Wonder Boy. Uh, yes. I never played the original, so like this is my first experience with it, and it's it's awesome. Did you figure out that little trick, by the way, to have it like stuck in half retro and half? I, I saw a video. I, I didn't I didn't try it though. No, I, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> you can actually get that line stuck anywhere on the screen. You can get oh. it like one eighth re retro, one third retro, it's kind of cool. Um, so I've been playing that. Uh, I also started a second run with Breath of the Wild, which oh. is crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's how much I love it. It's, it's mm -hmm. just so much fun. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and do things a little differently, different orders. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the two that I've been kind of focusing on. A little bit of Puyo Puyo Tetris, just because I have the Japanese version. So I'm always kind of like picking that up real quick. That's coming to America soon, isn't it? The 25th. Yep. Oh, next week. Yeah. yeah, I'll be buying that too. Very good. Very good. Yep. Yeah, I've mostly playing Wonder Boy for the most part. And then I played some Mr. Shifty. That was fun. I had a good time with that. But for the most part, did you, um, did you, uh, see, I got to find somebody who has a master uh, system version of that. But when you take the password from Wonder Boy, you can actually put it into the, uh, the master system version and it'll start your game up there. No way. Are you yeah, serious? Cool? Yeah, that's why the password system's there. Wow. Oh, that is so that's cool. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the, the coolest thing is that you could do that. So they, they went serious, true to form with that uh, the retro in that in that game. That's awesome. Um, so let's uh, let's jump over to the chat before we close up here, and let's take a few questions from the audience. We have 
343 people watching right now. And let's see what people want to know. Of course, they were asking questions after I said that while we were talking, so I have to scroll up. But let's just start here. Um, let's see. Can you guys see the chat on your end? Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> E3 prediction. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. E3 predictions. I should really start asking this when we have guests on here. Uh, just ask them what what they think. Okay, so uh, OJ, what do you what do you think it, Nintendo is going to bring to the table at E3 in terms of games? I think I think Virtual Console and at this point the online service I I feel like is a lock. But what do you think about games? Um, yeah, I would think we're going to see what Retro Studios just. A, Let's not talk about the obvious things like Super Mario Odyssey, right? And all the stuff that they've already announced, you know. Sure. So just talk about the new stuff. Um, I think we're going to see what Retro Studios has been working on because they're working on a Nintendo Switch game. So we'll see what that is. And I also think we're going to see what Next Level Games is working on. Maybe we get a Luigi's Mansion. That's what I'm thinking oh, will happen. Luigi's so cool. yeah, Metroid and Luigi's Mansion will probably be the two games that I'm thinking is going to happen at this year's E3 for Nintendo. Metroid Prime. Um, a Metroid game, maybe not Prime, but just oh, I want Prime. <laughs> some type of Metroid game. Maybe they go make, maybe they go do something really different. Maybe not. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say Metroid Other M. But don't don't get triggered by <laughs> people. Always get triggered if you mention <laughs> Metroid Other M. So I'm just gonna say maybe they do something trying to like, innovate, not like Metroid Other M, but something that's a little bit different in the Metroid franchise. Maybe they do that. Or maybe it's a standard Prime game. I'm just thinking there's going to be some type of Metroid game, but I think it's really going to try to stay true to the original Metroid route. So I think they're really going to try to do something like that with the game. Sure. I, I mean, I'd be okay with that. I just I liked Prime a lot. I was a big Prime fan. So. Well, I mean, even like with the original Metroid, as far as just like the style of the game, and even in the Prime like format, right? You can kind of kind of mix them together. Yeah. yeah mix it together. Maybe you even have 2D parts. Maybe there's even some things you do like that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, Luigi's Mansion, I think, would probably be coming as well. And third, some third-party games too. Some third-party ports we probably sure. I mean, who 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 saw Payday two coming? So nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an awesome game. If nobody in the chat has played that, if you have it on, if you if you get on Steam, go play it. It's a fun game. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. Uh, Philip, what do you what do you think is going to be an E three man? Um, I still I still think Metroid is coming. Um, mm -hmm. I know I talked about that on the last podcast, but um, I still think that's definitely a possibility. Uh, now that I see other people are also talking about it as well. But I'd love to see it in sort of like a totally new way, in a way that we haven't really seen it. Um, maybe something along the lines of like how Tomb Raider was rebooted and we have like a third person, or I mean, you know, it's always looked that way, but I'd like to see it in the vein of Tomb Raider sort of. Mm -hmm. Third person, like lots of exploration, open world, being able to go from planet to planet, stuff like that. Um, Experience points too, like when you like, kill certain oh. enemies you get the experience to upgrade your weapons and stuff like that i think every game should have experience points <laughs> I, I, I like this guy i like this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that of course that would be amazing um but uh yeah and then also like you know virtual console like that's obviously like a huge thing um other than that you know it's really hard to tell it would be really cool to hear about a new smash or not a new smash but at least like maybe you know them bring in a smash from the oh, wii sure. u yeah. So that would be a lot of fun. Um, I definitely think that they're going to maximize on multiplayer games, online games. So we're going to see something along those lines. But yeah, sure. Metroid yeah. and Virtual Console are my two big ones. What do you, uh, what do you think about E3, Evan? Uh, I mean, I think we already talked about this a little bit the last time, but in thinking about it, if it is going to be heavily based on multiplayer and they do aim for a Metroid, we might be seeing a little bit of the aspects of a Metroid with multiplayer functionality in it sure. somehow. Yeah. 
I mean, they, um, they did that with like Metroid Prime Two. I remember that if I'm thinking right, where you, it was like hunters. a first-person shooter and Hunters, yeah. Yep. So, and hunters. But if you think about it, usually what Nintendo does in a cycle is if they start putting out a bunch of games that we're all familiar with, they try to hit us with a title that we haven't seen in a while, like when they brought back Luigi's Mansion, mm-hmm. uh, when they brought back Pikmin and stuff like that. So maybe we'll see something along that line instead. Maybe Sounds I don't cool. know if it'll be highlighted. And like classic Nintendo fashion, it might be highlighted as like a big thing. I mean, Nintendo tries to be different, so yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. they really they, they come to the table with at least something that's unexpected most times. So, so like like a Star Tropic, something like that, like something that completely yeah, like and, but done but done for modern times or mm-hmm. upgraded heavily to be mm-hmm. like almost not even the game it was, even though it'll mm-hmm. still have aspects of it, and it might be truly interesting, especially with the Switch being what it is, a touchscreen, basically more interactive than normal tablet, what could that bring to an older title that we haven't seen in forever? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that the crazy stuff since nobody else did. I I would like to see Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or really you can give me Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't think it'll be remake though because I think that is a Sony exclusive, at least a timed exclusive for a little while. But I, the more I think about Kingdom Hearts on the Switch, the more I think it makes sense, and the more I think they can do it if the licensing is there. But it's going to come down to if Nintendo can strike a deal with Square, who who seems a little more interested in working with Nintendo recently, probably because of the success of the Switch. Um, but I would like to see that, and if I had to really reach into a bag and and pick a game, I would like to see a new Golden Sun, if possible. I, I've been saying that for quite some time, and people just told me to shut up because I, <laughs> I kept on saying it, so I stopped. But yeah, I would like to see it. But, but realistically, <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo should look at this E3 as, hey, let's go make an impact because you know Microsoft showing up with their game console and not much else. They don't have a lot of floor space. You know Sony is going to bring it to E3. Obviously, we we all know that they do it most E3s. This is a chance for Nintendo to really walk out on stage, you know, point to the screen, Kingdom Hearts plays, boom, Kingdom Hearts is there. Oh, look, here's Pokemon, here's Smash Bros., here's Metroid, here's Donkey Kong. All of a sudden, these games are piling up, and even if half of them come out, you know, this year, that's a big win with Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade and Shimigami, you know, sitting there waiting for them on the other side. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, yeah. I would, I would like them to come out, especially if there was a new Smash, because... um. I don't think I've told you guys, but I mean, I'm a competitive player here here in my um, my region. Um, oh, cool. um, yeah, I'm going to start playing more um, in tournaments and everything. And I I also I practice Smash daily um, at this point. Um, so I also play that too, but I almost don't talk about it because it's just like yeah, it's my daily Smash practice. But um, but yeah, if, if they were able to actually put out a new Smash Brothers game, I think that would be really good because a lot of the competitive the Smash Bros players really want that. They're all they all have switches and they're like they'll play and stream switches as far as like the top players. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they're just like waiting for like that Smash game, and they're waiting for the tournament scene because having a a, a switch for Smash Brothers and taking that to a tournament is a much easier setup than bringing your Wii U, bringing your Wii U gamepad, you know, and all that, where you can just bring your Switch and your dark bam, it's right there, plug it in and play. I mean, and even if they did like the virtual console with the GameCube Melee, if it's exactly like it is, mm-hmm. you can have basically Smash Four tournaments and Melee tournaments right there with that one system. That right. that would be a big help. I mean, I have to give it to Nintendo. They do seem interested in the competitive scene heavily with the Switch. I mean, we saw the trailer of them with Splatoon 2, you know, the, the guys all kind of in a circle, all kind of mapping out their plans and everything. So they at least get the idea of esports and competitive play. And Smash Bros. on the Switch makes a lot of sense for that. Just traveling to conventions with your Switch is basically your system. Yeah, so. I, yeah I would want them to do both. Like, if there's a GameCube virtual console... 
um, and if there's, uh, um, you know, and if there's Smash 4, because one of the big reasons, I wouldn't say like the main reason, obviously, but like Smash Brothers on the GameCube and on the uh, Smash Brothers Melee, and one of the big reasons why that, I think that system did well is because all the, the Melee people, they had to buy a Wii in order to set it up. Like if you watch any of the tournaments, they're all playing on Wiis, all the Melee crew. They're, okay, not using yeah. game, they're not using GameCubes. They all bought Wiis to play this one game in their <laughs> tournaments because it's much easier to set up a Wii for yeah, tournament yeah. play than Makes it is sense. to set up a GameCube. Yeah, it was much easier for them so um, they could just do that. And most of the time, like when there was Brawl tournaments too, they would just have right there. You, everyone just, just, brought, you just brought a Wii and that was it. So if they could do the same thing with the Switch, I think that would also be a big help because sure. I still haven't seen some of the GameCube, uh, top GameCube players really talk about Switch enough, you know, so. Yeah, I just I have to give Nintendo. They're in a good position, and it really comes down to what they can do at E3 to really to really set it off and then make a run at that that holiday season because it's I mean all the I mean it's there right I mean everything to basically win this year is right in front of them if they if they can make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I I cannot believe that all of us forgot to say Pokemon like maybe Pokemon coming yeah. out. You know, like I mean that's probably one of the biggest predictions though for Nintendo. Yeah, po- Pokemon Stars makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon will sell that system. It's sold. It single-handedly made the 3DS impossible to find in the holiday season, despite Nintendo actually supplying them. It just the 3DS is just sold really well. I mean, Pokemon yeah. Sun and Moon, what four and a half million in one month, <laughs> yeah. which is obscene. And uh, yeah, so it, Pokemon Stars, if they make it compatible with the 3DS, to me, it makes their strategy even more sound by keeping the 3DS around for another year or so. Because Pokemon works between them. You trade, you, you battle, you, you do the online service. And really, Pokemon is all they need. I remember I, I've talked to so many people on different podcasts, and they don't understand the selling power of Pokemon. It boggles my mind, mostly because they are more into the you know PlayStation and Xbox scene, and they, they, they miss out on how much Pokemon actually sells a system. If you put Pokemon on the Switch, the Switch is going to sell, I think, 10 million units if Nintendo can provide it in its first eight, eight months. Yeah, I, I I agree. If there's a Pokemon like Sun and Moon, and it's really like an enhanced version of it, um, or even new Pokemon game, it will do extremely extremely well. Um, with that Pokemon game, we saw what Pokemon did. You know, Pokemon has been around, but even for the original Game Boy, when mm-hmm. Pokemon launched for that, I mean, it just Game Boy was already popular, but it exploded the popularity. Mm-hmm. Like it even made it like cr- it was crazy, like fever pitch. And then you know, Game Boy Advance. I mean, Pokemon in such a small amount of time, Game Boy Advance sold a lot. You know, for such a small amount of time, that was really out on the market, and that was because of Pokemon too. So that, that game calls the great link cable shortage of '99. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where you couldn't find one anywhere. I was just like, well, you just can't trade. <laughs> you just give up. Yeah, it was like that. And I remember there was a there was a PS2 memory card shortage way back in the day too that, that I hated Sony for <laughs> for the longest time. Um, well, the, back the, then, the, memory the biggest, cards were like two hundred dollars. Uh, the biggest strength, though, about Pokemon is forcing people to have to buy more than one system per household because that's oh, always yeah. the thing. I mean, with everyone talking about, oh, I play the Switch, but then my brother plays the Switch and my, this other person plays my Switch, so I don't get on it a lot. Pokemon comes out, everyone's going to want to play that all at the same time, <laughs> trying to keep up yeah. with each other, to oh, try to yeah. trade with each other, fight each other. So that's going to really bring on the multiple Switch households like mm-hmm. heavily, more so than it probably is right now. Me, oh, me yeah. and my brother both had, a, both had a Game Boy. We both played Pokemon like crazy and traded against each other on the original game boy it was magical time when that game came out so yeah with my brother had a regular game boy like the classic brick and we played it we swapped between each other but the moment pokemon landed i i got a color he got a color and then that was it like that was a wrap 
All right, guys, we can take a couple more questions from the chat. What else do we got, guys? I know we all got kind of – everyone just started spitting out E3 stuff in the chat when we started talking about it. Um, <laughs> it was just games all over the place in the chat. <clears throat> um, oh, I like that one. Zombie Ate My Neighbors too. That's a cool idea. Ooh, interesting. I used to play that game a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, there's some there's some creative uh, creative games in the chat actually. It's interesting. Who owns that license anymore? I mean, who even would have? Who owns that? I don't even know. I who owns that. I'd have to know. dig up. For, we'd have to dig up for that because yeah. I know someone also talked about. I think a the Darksiders thing, which was interesting because I guess I don't know who owns that one either. <laughs> but Joe Madaware, the guy that was head of the company that did that, is the one currently doing the. Uh, Freaking Battle Chasers, Night War stuff. So, oh. and he's owned by THQ Nordic. So maybe Nordic owns T- that THQ stuff? Nordic owns the license for Darksiders. Yeah, yeah, they they own it. Let's see. Are you guys attending any con- any um conventions coming up? Uh, no, but I'll be at um Smash Brothers stuff in the in the SoCal region. So if, um okay. probably this year. So if you guys um, want competitive Smash Brothers, like maybe like the, some of the two GG events um, that are going on, I'll be, I'll be there at some of them in the summertime and, and on. Okay. Oh, gosh, um, that's right. <laughs> Did you guys see Siberia 3? Someone was asking about Siberia 3. <laughs> on the oh switch did you guys see the trailer for that at all yeah i did <laughs> the faces <laughs> oh man oh, the lipstick is not good it is really bad the, the faces and the lipstick man like some dude had so many wrinkles and definitions in his face it was like they spent the whole graphics engine on this dude's yep <laughs> Like I, I do, I really, I really, I really think the PS2's lip syncing is better than Siberia 3, and that's not good. Like any game on the PS2, and that's not good. Oh man, but be, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly good game for graphics or anything like that. But maybe if you enjoy the story, you would like it. I, I that's mm-hmm. all I could really think. I think it'll run the same for the most part across most of the systems, just because it's not a. It doesn't look like a heavily graph like graphics aren't super heavy in that game, um, but. It's uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> um, let me see. Any any other questions? Oh yeah, I asked about um, conventions. Philip, are you are you pretty much on the West Coast from now on? You're not coming back to the East Coast at all. Uh, no, I might come back to the East Coast. Um, back in or in June or in May. For yeah, a couple because weeks. so you should consider coming back up for June because too many games is in June. Mm, okay. And I know I'm I'm gonna attempt to get there. I, I probably will. I know uh, who you call it's getting up there too. I, th- I keep seeing him post about it. I think RGT85 is going there too. Oh, okay. yeah, I think he is. Yeah. But I, we've gone to, Evan and I have gone to too many games like, well, at least I have. We've been doing that for a while, right? Like five years, Evan, something like that? Four or five. I think yeah. five for business, but then we started just hanging out there more. Yeah. We used to sell there, so <laughs> for a nice. store. Um, but, uh, that is uh, that's something I'm gonna try to get to. I want to try to get to more conventions. I can go to E3 technically, but I can't go <laughs> as much as I'd like to. But you're going, right, Philip? I'm still working on getting that media pass. Like I can get a consumer pass, but they just didn't that give you. Oh, pass. they didn't give you a media pass at all. No, I'm still trying to get in contact um, with them and stuff. I was late for the registration. Talked to OJ about that. He actually. Uh, has yeah, I, I went three years. I went three years in a row. Oh, um, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, I went uh, 2014, 15, and 16. Um, it's a little bit harder for smaller YouTubers. I think the cutoff, I mean, unless they change the rules, it's 50,000 subscribers, um, unless okay. they change the rules. If you have a website, it's much easier with like the type of traffic that you need to bring in, because that's how I used to get it beforehand was playerassistance.com, where and I don't really do that as much now. I'm more of a YouTuber. Um, so, I mean, but I mean, I can definitely help you as far as, you know, getting in. Yeah, hey, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no problem, dude. 
Thanks, yeah, man. Phillips gonna get some B-roll and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll go. You know, even if I don't go as media, I'll go as as a consumer just to just to get that B-roll and talk about it. Um, yeah. But I'm definitely going to Comic Con. That's in San Diego. That's where I live. So it's gonna be amazing. I try and go every year, and it's always a lot of fun. And there's more and more video game stuff every year. Um, last year they had some crazy stuff like EA had a thing and Microsoft always has a thing mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. That's gonna be fun in the so you guys are in like the you guys are in like the awesome part of the United States We're in like the Evan and I are in like the boring part <laughs> um, Where I live particularly I live in Central California um, uh -huh. it, It's it's kind of boring, but I'm very close to Los Angeles. I am about oh, an God. hour away from Los Angeles I mean it takes me really quick to get the E3 like I get in my car Go to eat. it's it's right there, man. It's like it's like right past Magic Mountain. And That's you just nice. Go and it's it's right there. So yeah, <laughs> Evan and I in like the middle of nowhere, kind of. I mean, we're we're like we're, we're like wasteland. <laughs> we're like I mean, I mean I the closest we're like two and a half hours from New York, right? So we're not. Like, yeah, really. and the closest. I mean, we got Bethesda kind of close to us. Yeah, but, we're, but like I'm like I'm it takes there. us like 50 minutes to get to Philadelphia, so we're not like far away from any like major city or anything. But it's, it's uh, it, there's not nothing really where we are. It's, it's very boring. Yeah, and Philly is kind of like the poor man's any convention. It's like, <laughs> never, you never hear about them as much as the New York or anything in yeah. Cali. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, it's uh, I mean, but the fortunate thing is, too many games is like an hour from us, so it's not that bad. It's Philadelphia mm -hmm. Greater Expo Center, so. Mm -hmm. Um. This is not bad. I just wish there was more stuff out here for us. Although the internet's kind of fixed that. So, um. <laughs> you know, real quick, um, there was one thing because, like, I told you about my sister how she lived in kind of the same area as you when she told me that she was like about Bethesda, and I asked her about that. And I was like, do they have like you guys remember Fallout Three? Like the, yeah. all the underground tunnels. I asked her if it was like that there. That's the stupid things that I would say to my sister <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was honest question. She looked at me like she was about to slap me. So, <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we close up? But thanks for having me. That's that was it was a great it was a great podcast. You guys are all really awesome. Oh yeah, no, we 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 it's a pretty laid back podcast. I don't know we. Nothing, nothing too serious or anything goes on here, so it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. We did have quite a few people this stream though, about I think it topped about three hundred seventy-five. So nice, we had we had a pretty good amount of people show up. Um, so I think the video helped. We'll probably stick with video from now on for yeah. our podcast. Just gonna um, figure out a way for it to not just be a swappy video. We'll we'll work that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But, yeah, well, we we'd like to have you on again sometime, OJ. Man, I'll I'll talk to you more. Uh, yeah, definitely. Let me let me know when you guys um, are going to have it, and it'd be great. Now that I'm doing uh, YouTube a lot more um, yeah. in terms of work, yeah, I'd be more than happy to come back on again. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, because we have next week we have our guest figured out for next week, but beyond that, I mean, more than happy to have you back on again. So more than happy to come. Uh, very cool, very cool. Oh, uh, if you wanted to go ahead and uh, I guess plug your channel and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys don't know about my channel, I mean, if you like Spawn Wave's uh, content here and if you like Philip's content, um, Nintendo really focused. But I also talk about um, it's really more like I talk about Japanese games. I talk a lot about Japanese RPGs, talk about a, a lot about that style of game. I also talk about Western stuff, too. But um, really, it's just an all encompassing focused news channel. So I'll cover all the different topics. So and I'll, and I'll go to various different sites. Um, so if you don't want to go yourself onto different sites, um, you know, and look at all these different news stories, cause I'll talk about like five things. Um, you can come to my channel and watch some of my news videos that I do. Um, so yeah, thank you uh, for having me. It's a uh, player essence that uh, you can find sure. me on YouTube here. Uh, but yeah, definitely. 
Very cool. I'm gonna. I'll jump over to the two regulars, Philip. Uh, we. I think most people know where they can find you, but if you want to go ahead and uh, let them know anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you can check me out at Philip here on YouTube or on uh, Twitter. I make lots of review videos and let's plays, gameplay videos. I'm also giving away a Nintendo Switch. So if you guys need a Switch, check out my channel. Uh, you can figure out how to enter that giveaway. It's super simple. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're doing that at fifty thousand subs, right? Yeah, I'm going to be giving away a Nintendo Switch at 50,000. So we just hit 24,000 today, nice. and we're averaging at about like 1,000 a week. So good, hopefully good. it's uh, it's going well. Can't, get you, can't wait get to you. get it away. That way you can spend the money, yeah. <laughs> get to the point where yeah. you're going to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Evan, where can they where can they find you, man? Uh, anything really, Kimmerix Project. Usually Twitter, Kimmerix Project, I guess. We'll have that somewhere at the end of this, but... That's where I do all my news. That's where I tell people when I'm doing my streams or when my videos go up. Uh, my Kimrix Games channel is slowing down a little. Um, my little side project that I was working on mm -hmm. uh, for the esports scene of Gigantic because they're having a lot of server issues. So I'm waiting for that to clear up before I start jumping. Yeah, back I keep, into I that keep telling you, you should you should cover esports, man, as like a as like a channel I, or I a section of Spawn Wave. It is something I wouldn't mind doing if I can put more focus into it. I mean, considering 2022 Asian, the Asian uh, Olympic Games is going to have an esports medal. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Only only one game announced so far. It was FIFA. We'll see what else happens cool. with it. Nice. That's very interesting, actually. I did not know that. That's cool. They're gonna they're gonna dry run it. Uh, they're apparently doing a dry run at the end of this year, I think, and next year to kind of see the format of it before it actually becomes a thing in 2022. Very good, very good, very cool. I like that. Um, yeah, you should you should consider that, Evan. I would do that. I would do a uh, either a section of Spawn Wave or a channel just about esports news, yeah. results. <laughs> um, but very cool, very cool. So I guess that's going to do it for episode four of Spawncast on the twenty second of April, Saturday. And I guess at this point we can sign off. Um, I will say if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you hit a subscribe. Definitely check out everybody's channel that's here right now, including Evan. I think how many subscribers do you have, Evan? Uh, on my gaming channel, like four, because it just started. What, like what's your gaming? Channel? What's your What's your gaming channel? Kimmerix Games. Kimmerix Games. Okay. What I'm gonna do is it's <laughs> Kimmerix Games, right? <laughs> okay, that's in the chat. Kimmerix Games. Let's get him to a hundred subs right away. Just go there and click that sub button. And get him to a hundred subs because his art channel is only like forty eight. The power so has gone to your head, man. <laughs> this would be an accomplishment for. Hey, we've rated your stream, man. We blew that thing up to like a hundred something people from like five so we it's, kinda, got a, it's got a bit about the game as more stuff comes out for it i'll do more but then eventually the hope is that as i get more time to do this esports overall is going to be a thing i'm going to look at we'll tell you what we'll we'll get to the, we'll see if we get you 100 subs real quick at least give you a milestone <laughs> there so um Jesus. but other than that i think we'll do I, I know next weekend we'll do another uh spawn cast um and we are going to have uh, hold on, I have it written down here. Uh, Shane from uh, Rerez will be our next guest. And then after that, we'll probably have others on. Those are just two scheduled. We have OJ for this weekend, Rerez for next weekend, and then maybe OJ again. So the next weekend, we don't know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll play it by ear, and I'll, I'll put it up on the subreddit, guys. So make sure you go to subreddit and subscribe there as well so you can talk to myself, Evan, and really anyone else who's there talking about games and all that stuff so with that guys uh we're signing off and we'll see you next saturday night same time same place